Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Breaking Changes podcast. I'm your host and chief evangelist for Postman, Ken Lane. With Breaking Changes, we explore topics from the world of APIs, but we look at things through the lens of business and engineering leadership. Joining me today, we have Sri Kandikanda. I found Sri's view of treating APIs as a product to be pragmatic and informative. And it really got me thinking about the role that self-service is playing across our internal as well as our external APIs. All right. I always start with the basics. Who are you and what do you do? Hey, Ken. Well, first things first, thanks for uh, inviting me um, on this podcast. Um, what do I do? Um, I've been in tech for the last uh, decade, um, made a career in tech and creating products of uh, technical products, if you will. And um, majority of my last five to six years is really um, working on scaling B2B products um, and B2B technology products at that, um, ranging from machine learning to you know platform products and now API portfolio and strategy at uh, FedEx. So uh, I've made my career uh, creating tech products and uh, working with uh, some of the really brilliant developers, both with them as well as creating products for them. Nice. So explain to me what what is the difference between a product and and the classic IT projects, technical uh, infrastructure that we deliver historically? Now, really understanding what is it solving or what problem or value is it providing to the customer and understanding the customer on a deeper level and being able to package your value proposition to your customers. Um, and hopefully being able to scale to hundreds and thousands of customers um, with the way you architect and design that product. And I think that really differentiates between a product and a project. You know, project has a set timeline. It's done when it's done. It's an, it's an implementation at best. A product is a, um, you know, it's just like a baby. It needs to be nurtured. It needs to be grow. It needs to grow and uh, it needs to solve real world problems for our customers. So it needs to be carefully managed and maintained over a period of time so that it can essentially solve customer problems at scale. Yeah, good description. So what what's the feedback and alignment loop kind of with this looks like? So alignment, keeping in alignment with business, but the feedback loop with customers, how do you find balance with that? Well, it all starts with the customer. Um, and I think at the core of it, every product manager, any, any product person for that matter, has to be a customer advocate in terms of what customer problems are we solving and why, and then tying it to our uh, business strategy in terms of what does it mean for our business, and then uh, finding synergies between the two. At the end of the day, you don't want to create products that don't uh, you know, uh, create revenue or achieve your business uh, vision. So you want to find the balance between solving customer problems and then being able to monetize your products if that's your goal. Um, so I think, uh, again, it starts with the customer. Um, uh, in the middle of it, customer centricity, if you will, understanding their uh, problems and pain points at a deeper level, and then try tying it to the business strategy to understand, okay, how what can we bring to the table? What value proposition can we enable these customers and how can we differentiate ourselves against our competitors and in the marketplace so that we can effectively solve our customer problems at the core of it to uh, achieve our business results and potential. If it's making revenue or bottom line, then how can we achieve those um, OKRs set for ourselves from a company perspective. And number three, how can we differentiate ourselves and market ourselves in the marketplace? 
um, for a longer term and sustainable business and product growth. And I think the combination of these three things is what I would um, you know, really strive for. Um, and I think best companies and best products really do these three things very, very well. So what's, what's your toolbox of metrics that you need to, to uh, get what you need to, to, to find this balance and, and meet those OKRs? Say that again, Ken. Can you add a little bit more detail on that question, if you will? Yeah. So, like, what do you need to measure? What What's the important things that you need to measure to 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 know that you're being successful? Yeah. I mean, it starts with the why. Um, I like how Simon Sinek uh, puts it. Right. Everything starts with the why. First thing is understanding what is the objective of the product or the you know portfolio of products. If it is to create new business opportunity or new revenue streams, then of course the revenue uh, becomes the KPI that you strive for. Uh, on the other hand, if the intent is to create a new business model, for example, with APIs, you know, creating a third-party developer ecosystem where you enhance your offerings with the help of the third-party value-added resellers, then the metrics are different in terms of um, market reach would be an example. I think a good example to go by is if you think of Facebook API, you know, login with Facebook, right? The product itself doesn't generate any revenue. But if you think about it, the proliferation of login with Facebook on every platform globally or being ubiquitous is their vision or that was their OKR. So in terms of creating metrics, you really need to understand the business vision and the customer need. And in this particular case, it's market reach uh, not necessarily revenue, but it is more in terms of being ubiquitous in the marketplace. So it really depends on the vision um, and the strategy of the business. And then, of course, tying it to the company, uh, tying it to customer objectives as well. Yeah. So how do you, as you talked about developer ecosystems, is is self-service uh, a quality of this that you feel is essential as far as these products that you're putting out there? Are, should customers be able to just come and put them and, and use them and choose how they use them as, as they wish? Or is there more hand-holding and, and, and engagement required? Well, self-service is essential. Um, really understanding the customer needs is more essential. And then uh, there are three aspects to, you know, developer ecosystem, which I believe is very critical. Number one is, you know, how do we create a self-service, you know, uh, developer experience uh, in case of understanding and discovering the products and being able to integrate with the products and maintaining the products for the reliability of their systems. And then being able to secure these products from a company perspective. While APIs provide a lot of scale, they're also major points of attack. attack. So... From a company perspective and a product growth perspective, it's important to take care of security as well. And then the third aspect of it is, once you create this self-service ecosystem for developers to come in and consume the APIs and the products that they would like to consume to inspire their vision of creating a software product, um, the last piece is, how do you scale it? And self-service, in my mind, is the only way to achieve these objectives. Um, if you include any aspect of hand-holding, some some do require handholding, but if you do not minimize the aspect of handholding, it is not feasible to scale your product to hundreds and thousands of uh, users, but of course, um, you know millions of transactions a day. So self-service becomes essential um, in you know scaling your product, and self-service becomes essential in reducing the cost to serve, 
and self-service becomes essential for developers especially. I've worked with developers all my life, and one thing I know most uh, certainly about developers, they want to figure it out themselves. Our job is to provide, uh, you know, empower them with tools and services that they can achieve their vision. Um, in fact, sometimes our goal is to get out of their way so that they can get their job done. And self-service is a mechanism to do that. Yeah, and it's it feels like if we're not being self-service, we're kind of being lazy and we're not doing all the work that, <laughs> that needs to happen in there. Um, and and I feel like the one the companies I talk to that are waking up to this are are realizing like here's here's kind of the narrative that I've been hearing play out is we large enterprise mainstream organizations 2015 we started realizing we've got to get our strategy together with this API but mm -hmm. efforts were still very IT led the the APIs we produced were still very much a project they were technical groups uh, we we had a few things built on them had a couple hackathons. Uh, but nothing, no real business value came out of it. And now that we've started uh, bringing in more product managers and more specialized API product managers, uh, we're starting to see a shift. We're starting to see that alignment we talked about in the feedback loop. So, so where do these product managers need to come from? This next generation of API product manage managers, would you you feel they're they're more from technical backgrounds, they're more from business backgrounds. It's a blend. What's what's the the sweet spot for API product managers? Would you say? I mean, I love that question. Um, in my previous life, I was an API product manager. Now I manage the product strategy, but <clears throat> that's a great question. In terms of understanding the value of APIs, I strongly believe businesses are sitting on millions of dollars of untapped potential in understanding what API products they can offer and then how can they monetize and how can they provide new business models with these APIs. And the missing ingredient really is that product mindset. And of course, a product mindset comes from a strong product management discipline. And I'd like to think most companies, digital and technical companies have a strong product management discipline. Um, and if we can apply that to API product management, a couple of things stand out. APIs are technical. That means a product manager has to understand um, at a minimum, the customer experience and the consumption aspect of API products so that they can empathize with the developers because developers are our customers. We have to understand what they're going through. We have to understand, you know, what their pain points are. If they say that, hey, you know, you have encoded these values, which I don't expect, then the product manager should be able to empathize and understand the pain point and then try to understand how to solve it. So at a minimum, it's important for the product managers to empathize with developers, which means a technical skill set, a basic level of technical skill set is extremely important. On the other hand, you also have to tie these to business objectives and a product management discipline, which means, you know, how can I market my product? Um, and how do uh, I create a key value proposition that might stand out from my competitors or set a price point where it is appropriate for our cus uh, customers to pay and achieve their business uh, outcomes? And these are all the things a product manager has to uh, tie together. So essentially, an API product manager has to be technical enough to empathize with the users, in this case, developers, um, and business savvy enough to then understand how can I take these products I'm building and then achieve my business outcomes, my OKRs. Again, it could be revenue, driving revenue. It could be creating new platform for internal customers, or it could be um, creating new business models with third-party developer programs. Um, 
So I think it's essential for an API product manager to be technical um, and business savvy. And I, I guess that's really why it becomes really difficult for companies to get this sort of skill set. Um, I can go on and on about this, but I do think um, the best possible scenario is to take the existing technical product managers and technical product management discipline within companies and augment it with you know, education and um, uh, empowerment with API uh, skill sets and API knowledge so that they can, the existing product managers can not just talk about their SaaS products, whether that's web application, mobile application. They can also take their APIs and say, hey, how can I package these API product um, and serve to my customers? How can I create new revenue streams from existing API products and APIs? Um, so the why and the what really becomes important for an API product manager. Um, and the how is more of a negotiation with your technical and engineering teams. And when is, of course, a matter of understanding the market, marketplace reactions as well as your business uh, you know, objectives. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting a, a lot of requests from enterprise organizations, large ones. How do, where's the, can you provide us with curriculum for, because they want to kind of upskill their existing folks, but they're still concerned about the, the overall, they, they're going to need a lot of these, these folks um, yeah. as, as things grow here. Uh, do you, do you feel like this is something that it's going mainstream enough that universities, because product management's a pretty established discipline. Do you think universities should be following up with some curriculum that's specialized towards APIs? Absolutely. I think everywhere, anywhere there is SaaS product management or technical product management involved, APIs or API product management becomes a core aspect of it. The internet is run by APIs. Whole companies are being run by API products. Twilio, for example, and Stripe, for example, and that's the new breed of companies that we're dealing with. And most companies today are API first. So it is not a technical imperative anymore. It is a business imperative. And I can vouch for at least our company that our executives are very well aware of what value API products can bring and understand enough that they can make decisions on API, APIs as, or treating APIs as first class digital products. And that discipline to get to that point, it requires a lot of education, um, a lot of empowerment in terms of taking internal uh, resources and then equipping them with the education and tools necessary to build these API products. So yes, answer, short answer is yes. And I can see that the next um, three to five years, most corporation within, corporations will invest heavily in educating the product management teams on APIs. And I cannot imagine any team now not talking about APIs. I think it's a daily thing now. Um, however non-technical you are, I'm sure you've uh, you know talked about APIs, heard about APIs, your developers ranting about APIs all the time. It is all over the place. APIs are all over the place. So I do uh, expect you know um, the likes of Kellogg and the big you know Ivy League institutions also rolling out some of the API product management um, courses and discipline. Uh, I, I mean, it's we're already seeing it. It's a matter of time. Yeah. I love I love the way that you talked about it. APIs being everywhere. I remember leaving SAP. I was running North American events for SAP in 2010 when I started on this API journey. And I remember just how everyone, all my coworkers and colleagues thought I was crazy for like <laughs> dedicating my career to APIs. They're like, what are you doing, man? Like, this is so weird. Like, why would you do that? And I'm like, APIs are everywhere. You, you don't understand. And they're like, yeah. okay, all right, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not an exaggeration to say internet is run by APIs, you know. 
and uh, we live in an interconnected world. You know, the phones that we deal with and the TVs that we connect with and the, you know, cars that we drive, they're all now morphed into more of technology-driven digital assets. We interact with them on a daily basis. So APIs power all of these experiences behind the scenes. The only reason I can switch from my web application to then mobile to then my, you know, in the future cars or a Tesla is all powered by APIs. I cannot imagine a world it's more seamless and an interconnected experiences without having APIs run the internet as it is doing today. Yeah, great. Preaching to the choir here. Um, <laughs> you mentioned you mentioned API first for our audience. What does it mean to be API first? API first is understanding the value of APIs and treating APIs as uh, you know first class digital products. Uh, just how we talk about mobile experience being the most important for our consumers and then understanding API first or educating our internal developers to think of APIs are not just integration methods, but APIs as our first option to be able to uh, develop and drive interactions between different applications. So that starts from um, understanding that APIs becomes the core of running our technology architecture and the microservices architecture, and then being able to um, teach our teams in terms of, hey, when you think about creating an API, don't just create something for the sake of it. You know, understand the strategic intent behind it. How does an API play with the other APIs? How can we take an internal API and then externalize it so that we can create new revenue streams for our customers or improve their business um, you know, outcomes? So really thinking of APIs as first-class products and really thinking of APIs as our first choice to be able to build and consume different services and applications within our organization. I think that's the core tenet of API first. Um, I think most companies are getting there in terms of, hey, we have some APIs and for internal developers, we have some APIs we expose to customers. I do think the missing ingredient or the next level of maturity is now turning these APIs and understanding how can I turn this API and package that into an API product uh, so that it's self-sustainable and scalable. So does that, I think a lot of folks stumble on kind of the, where they're at in their journey and they don't, and they hear product and they hear revenue and they think only external. We only do this with externally facing APIs. So does everything you, you talk about apply to just internal APIs as well? Microservices, should we be thinking about these as APIs as a product as well? Yeah, I think so. Um, not every API is a contender for it to be a product. There are certain cases where we build APIs just for the sake of integration. It could be one-off integrations. But at the core of it, it's, it's human-centered design for internal, whether that's internal consumers or external customers. Who are my consumers or customers in this case? If it's an internal developer trying to build, let's take an example, trying to build a shopping cart experience on an e-commerce store, and he needs an address verification service really need to understand what the needs are from you know the consumption standpoint and how our API plays along with the rest of his or her you know uh, ecosystem of software or application and then build it to the needs of the customer and really trying to productize it so that you don't have to handhold each and every customer or consumer because we're not we're not uh, building uh, to the order of this um, particular one-off, customer or developer. We're really building a product that can scale and you know satisfy the needs of a core segment of uh, developers internally. So it applies as much to internal customers, in this case, developers, 
and application teams internally to external customers. Revenue and uh, you know creating new business models is an aspect that is applied to the external world or external consumption of it. But when it comes to internal consumption, the goals may be different. It could be speed to market. It could be empowering our developers to be more productive um, in terms of how quickly can they integrate and how securely can they integrate and empowering them with tools and platforms so that they can um, minimize some of the tasks that they have to do to get to their you know, end goal. Um, so it is applicable both to internal consumption as well as external consumption. And self-service is huge for internal, yep. Re reducing dependencies on teams, value exchange between teams. There's a yep. lot, of, lot of parallels there. Absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, we have to go back to the Bezos mandate. I'm not sure if Bezos had said this himself or someone made it up, but the fact being, um, you know, the mandate saying that each internal team will only communicate with the other application or teams via this interfaces, API interfaces. It cuts down cost dramatically. And self-service, um, I mean, is the way to go. Um, it's not just cost to serve. It's also the ease of access and discovering products, um, ease of uh, identifying what products I need to use for my, or APIs I need to use for my application, and not relying on, um, you know, certain teams or hand-holding to get there. Um, self-service has a lot of benefits. I love self-service in the fact that, um, again, as a developer and working with developers, I know for a fact that they will figure it out as long as we give them the right tools, right services, and right uh, platform and ecosystem. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, and not not all APIs are, are created equal, but I think there's a certain. Uh, journey that API, all APIs need to go on that reflect this, this externally facing, um, there's a maturity involved. So what, what would you say feeds into maturity around APIs that would dictate wider usage, wider consumption? Like what are the characteristics of a mature API? I think there are three things when it comes to designing, um, if you will, API maturity. Self-service is at the center of it. Understanding really from a customer needs and self-service does not happen without deep understanding of who our customers are, what their problem is, problems are, and what key value proposition our API provides. That in itself is the API productization um, that translates into self-service. And then building on top of it, how can we make it easy for developers to self, guide themselves in understanding the product, um, understand the features and capabilities, how can they integrate, inspiring them to really understand what can they do with it, right? Can I build an AR application with it? Or can I build a, um, you know, a VR application with it? So inspiring them and educating them is paramount in self-service space. But the second aspect of it is really creating a um, structure or systematic process within the organization to how could you secure these APIs? So security becomes paramount as well. And the third part of it is scalability and reliability. When we talk about APIs, the reason they shine is because APIs are all about scale. Twitter, for example, has about 13 billion API calls a day. And if we cannot scale our APIs to a level where that is needed to that volume of transactions, it's not going to work. 
So it's important to build the infrastructure and architecture to be able to scale to the level of need from our customer consumption standpoint. So secure, uh, scalability becomes paramount. And the last part is reliability. I know it's, I say the last part, but this is perhaps the most important success metric for any API, regardless of the context. How reliable is your API? Can I trust your API to get my job done? Can I trust your API to be up? And typical SLAs is 99.999%, which is to say that I expect your API to just work 100% of the time, and that's the expectation. And of course, speed also becomes paramount. So these three factors, you think about creating a self-service ecosystems for customers to integrate and developers to integrate easily and maintain easily. Second is creating secure APIs so that we can um, secu secure APIs. Um, and the third is, of course, how can we create scalability and reliability um, into this ecosystem? So you, you touched on something that I think is a really interesting sweet spot. I, I encounter a lot of companies are really nervous about putting their APIs publicly for security purposes. For a, But what you described and, and kind of the, the product management base that you described is if you know your customers, target customers, you have a plan in place, you've designed that API to meet that needs and you have, uh, and that's intentional, and then you've properly secured those APIs, like this is, it's a good thing, but it's the companies who don't have a plan, don't have a strategy and just put APIs out there with a build it, they will come mentality uh, that, that are fearful of this. Absolutely. And I think uh, the analogy is it's almost like um, the first level of maturity I see in some companies uh, is, hey, we have some internal APIs. Um, let's see who we can sell to and uh, what we can sell for. It's almost like trying to find a problem to an existing solution. Um, and that's a classic mistake of any product management discipline. Uh, really, it comes down to what the customer needs are and understanding who our customers are. Um, not all are the same, and you cannot bucket all of them into one segment, which means deeply understanding different customer segments, their pain points and needs becomes paramount to creating this API products. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's outside-in perspective. Um, you know, it's not about saying, hey, we have some API services. Let's see how we can sell it. It's the reverse. It takes a lot of discipline, impact, and time and resources to understand what are customers? What are their needs? And what do we bring to the value? What is our unique value proposition or key value proposition? And then think about marketing your API product in terms of what marketplace do we want to play in? What's our price point if the intent is to sell it? Or what is our business uh, you know, outcome that we're looking for? Is it ubiquity? Is it you know, creating new revenue streams? Or is it creating new business models and things of the nature? So there's a lot of factors at play, but at the core of it, it's still human-centered design, you know, we're designing these API products, which are essentially software building blocks for developers so that they can build software. Do you feel like one of the deficiencies of the space up until now has been, until recently, is REST, REST APIs have dominated the conversation? And, and rightfully so, I think, I think HTTP or web APIs are ubiquitous, cheap infrastructure and, and simple. But rest in the terms of resources and and defining your resources kind of has dominated. And it feels like when we have these these simple CRUD resources, 
and we have feedback loops with consumers. No one cares about my book API or my my raw resource. I have to actually create experiences with those APIs. I have to actually go the next step. And do you feel like that's where we're finally at in all of this is we're able to create actual experiences that matter to users? That's why we're starting to see more velocity. Exactly. And I think um, we've come to a realization that APIs by themselves do not do anything. They, they're enablers. They enablers the developers, whether that's internal or external, to meet their business, to create digital experiences with these software building blocks. So APIs are software building blocks. And now the question is, what does it enable my customer to do? What vision can they achieve with my uh, API product? Can it help them grow their business? Can it help them go to uh, market faster? Uh, let's just take an example. If Uber were to build all the maps infrastructure in, you know, internally without using Google Maps API, it would have taken years to go to market. So the only reason we are able to be more uh, faster uh, in terms of going to market and nimble and being able to uh, identify third-party APIs is because of the API ecosystem that's built today. That wasn't uh, in existence 10 years ago. Um, it's starting to proliferate now. Companies are starting to understand it's important to create an open API ecosystem for all of us, all of our companies and products to you know, uh, build experiences faster and build experiences in a better fashion for our end customers and experiences. So you're saying the, the resource, which is in that case Maps or yeah. Twilio, SMS, that really isn't the API economy or the ecosystem. It's the fact that we got Uber and Grubhub and DoorDash and all those things on top of SMS and Maps. That's yep. actually the API economy, not the individual resources themselves. Exactly. APIs power the digital economy, uh, I'd like to put it, right? So APIs them by themselves are enabling this digital economy that we are uh, seeing today. Um, but AP, if I just have an API with uh, without it letting me create an experience or build an application faster or nimbler, it doesn't serve the purpose. Um, so they have to enable my developer, uh, whether internally or externally, to create that end digital experience, uh, which we really are calling it the digital economy, but APIs power the digital economy as, uh, as I would call it. It's all, you know, mishmash of different API products from different third-party providers to create that end, um, you know, infrastructure or application. It's not different than uh, thinking of APIs or you know building blocks in that it's like Legos. Now our job as API uh, providers is to understand how do we design our API or the building block so that it fits well within our customers or developers ecosystem and other APIs so that they can achieve their vision of building their product. So it's all about the customer, it's all about them. We are more or less enablers for them to succeed. And this goes true, whether that's an internal developer or an external developer. I, I love the Lego analogy because yeah. the blocks, the, the blocks feel like the resources, but yeah. really what's getting people on the, the train is the Millennium Falcon, the Star Wars yeah. Yeah. product sets, the, yeah. the, the space, the train ones, the, the ones yeah. that actually get people emotionally connected. And there's a bunch of us who love a big, big bin of, of just bricks. <laughs> But yes. that's a finite audience, right? We yeah. to really reach the world, you got to have the emotional connection of the the product. Exactly, and, and that's a great point you made. I think uh, 
there's always good products and great products. A good product gets the job done for the customer. And I, in my mind, a great product inspires our uh, you know, customers to achieve their vision or do something that they have not imagined or have not thought possible before. And I'd like to think Legos and the concept of API products in that fashion. It has to not just get the job done for the customer, but it has to inspire them to think of more capabilities or new business models or new experiences they can develop with the help of this API products. Um, I have a great example in this regard. In fact, uh, I was working or we were working with one of the developers and you know, all we gave uh, was a you know API, a simple, uh, let's say, tracking a package API. And the developer went on to build an augmented reality application, show the package movement on an AR view. Who would have thought that was possible? Um, so it really is helping the end customer and developers achieving their vision. And APIs are enablers to get there. But for us as API product management folks or API product people, we really need to understand what our developer is trying to do um, and help them get there. That's all there is. Nice. I have a, a similar one from that same slice. I was interviewing a, a blockchain API company and they said, we're going to create gambling. Uh, one, one of the things we saw some creating is gambling off of FedEx packages, whether it arrives on time or not. And we're going to let people bid block wow. uh, Bitcoin based upon that and actually create a gambling game. Wow. <laughs> I was like, okay, interesting. <laughs> um, so, so you, you've talked a lot about customer alignment. Um, we mentioned business alignment. How do you keep this in, in line with business? There's another alignment issue or challenge that I'm seeing with a lot of organizations is consistency across an, org an enterprise organization and the APIs that are putting out there. So you've yep. got self-service, secure, and reliable, and there's a lot of conversation around governance right now, yep. but I'm seeing a lot of top-down governance fail and the ones that I'm seeing succeed have a kind of bottom-up enablement aspect. We provide you with st standards. We help you make the right, do the right thing in the right moment. So yeah. how do you how do you achieve that that balance across many teams? And and, and since you're in the strategy role, how do you how do you help enable that? And I think uh, you hit the nail on its head. Um, it's not enough to have APIs. Individual teams creating API products is a great first step. And now. If you think about consistency and standardization, because at the end of the day, your customers, your developers, uh, expect your organization to deliver API products with a consistent experience when it comes to consumption, and also follow a cohesive strategy in terms of you know, APIs playing along well within different organizations. They all have to complement each other, not compete with each other, even in some cases that happens. Now, how do you do that? It's easier said than done. Um, you know especially for large enterprises with tens and hundreds of teams developing API products on a daily basis, it becomes even more um, difficult. Um, in my mind, top-down approach is setting very uh, strict and strong governance models in terms of intake of different you know, new API products or being able to build and having a um, center of excellence team to guide, okay, what do we productize, what do we not, in an overarching governance structure to guide the whole end-to-end -end process. Um, that, like you said, is great on paper, um, although rarely works because of the tighter control and you know uh, less decoupling, if you will. It's very tightly um, you know orchestrated process, and it's easy if even if one of the pieces do not go well, 
the end result would not be consistent or uh, efficient. So I think that to your point, when, when we talk about bottom-up approach, um, somewhere in between these two uh, options, where you have a enterprise-wide top-down approach of governance, and there is a bottom-up approach of product management teams and API teams understanding their customers and building APIs, a platform in the middle that empowers both of these capabilities, both of these uh, sides is essential. When we talk about a platform, once you have a structure in place with the right um, rules and processes, then the, it has to be self-service even for that API teams to understand, hey, what is a non-negotiable requirement or design standard that I need to follow? So it's more of creating that base rules, but giving the flexibility to the teams to be able to build the products. So you still have governance baked into this platform, but it's not a handheld process. It's more of a platform where um, the developers, in this case, can uh, educate themselves on you know, the standards that they need to follow, and product managers can identify the synergies between different products to be able to say, hey, what product am I offering and how does it play along with the business vision? And of course, the right governance structures in terms of approving, if you will, uh, the you know, API product capabilities. I think it, it, it's, it's a trade-off between having a strong top-down model to then a bottom-up model. Somewhere in between a platform would alleviate some of the concerns of you have enough governance um, that's not tightly coupled with the entire uh, development process, but sets the guidance and rules necessary to create this consistent and standardized API products across uh, the enterprise. Again, all of this is easier said than done. Um, and uh, in my mind, especially for large enterprises, this is multi-year effort in itself. Um, and the difficulty I see in most enterprises is being able to justify the business value um, in uh, you know, uh, investing uh, in such a platform and what would it take to build that platform and how would it um, enable the company to be able to innovate faster. Yeah, and that the I've seen design reviews get heavy-handed, where they take weeks or months, and yep. security reviews similarly, and these become gates rather than enablement. They're not yep. self-service; those rules aren't self-service. There's a lot of, a lot of things that we tr we we apply to APIs that we should also apply to the API lifecycle and governance. That's I feel right. that we're not doing that self-service nature. There's there there's a lot we can we can do that's better. Yep. I think, um, I mean, just to top it up, really, the API lifecycle management happens in pockets very, very well. Individual teams do that very, very well. It really is building that transparency and structure and platform across organizations, you know, taking it to the next level. And the only way I can think of is to democratize this platform enough that both the supply, you know, the gatekeepers, if you will, and security is a great place to start. Um, gatekeepers have enough tools and controls to set necessary standards, but not have complete control over what needs to be uh, built. Uh, and on the developer side or the consumer side, again, having certain controls on standards, base rules, if you will. Um, on the other hand, having flexibility to be able to design the products to their customer needs. Um, so it's, it's, it's a trade-off between these two, but I think a platform, a um, well created or well curated platform is, is 
you know, significant step in terms of managing API lifecycle management across different organizations. Amen. Wow. I, I don't normally bring in Postman to this because I try to keep it outside of the conversations. But <laughs> the what I see most of our customers, because we have 20 million developers, they fit into three buckets is we have customers where there's hundreds or thousands of individual users operating it on their own, and they're not doing a lot of sharing. And they might be sharing some swaggers, open APIs a long way, but they're not working together. Then there's the next group who have started sharing, started collaborating, started design first, started uh, doing more collaborative and, and poking holes across teams and seeing what teams are doing. And then there's the ones that have approached the API first where they're, they're, they're planning in a centralized way. They have observability across teams. They're sharing what the life cycles, what does testing mean over here? What does testing yep. mean over here? And, and it's that it's, it's less about the API and it's more about that collaboration and that inner, that observability across teams, yep. like you said, that is, is what makes the difference. Yep. And again, I think, um, I may have oversimplified some of these things. The beauty is in the execution in itself. Um, and it really takes a strong discipline on the strategy to put together this structure. And I think it's an iterative process at best, right? Uh, it's going to take a multi-year effort to get to the end state of a very cohesive and um, flexible process at the same time. But I think the only way to get there is to iterate on you know, each of the um, increments, if you will, and building the platform into uh, play and then testing different things and seeing what works. And, uh, you know, um, and, and it's no different than creating a product. It, it has a life cycle in itself. Interesting. So, so when I ask people this question, what, is, what does innovation look like for you? What is, what is, what's next that excites you about APIs? I get, tend to get a mix of answers. Some people go towards the technical Kubernetes service mesh. Uh, some people go more towards the business and, and products and services. Like what's innovation look like for you? What's the next important thing that you wanna be investing in? Yeah, I mean, it's a combination. Uh, to your point, um, a well-orchestrated vision in this case is really understanding the technical capabilities and innovations that are coming in, whether that's Kubernetes or, you know, now even driven architectures are becoming commonplace. Um, some of these, capabilities and trying to understand how to tie these to business vision or business outcomes, and then tie these to customer needs to then um, help our customers innovate or internal developers innovate faster. So I think it's a combination of both. Uh, it's really trying to understand the technical capabilities and then tying it to the business outcomes and the customer outcomes. Uh, that's where innovation I, I feel is. But I, one thing I'm most excited about um, or one thing that I see tremendous potential, untapped potential at best is companies are sitting on a gold mine of APIs. What's missing is that product mindset to be able to turn some of these APIs into API products, whether that is to create new business models or API businesses, lines of business for API products or new revenue streams. And I think there is a huge untapped potential within each of the companies, and it takes a good product um, leadership team to identify it and hone the skill set to then extract the value, extract the gold out of that mine. I mean, it's a lot. I get too passionate about this subject because it's, it's a lot of untapped potential, and I think the next three to five years, I see most companies, both tech and non-tech, 
trying to understand, hey, how can we leverage our APIs and then um, innovate, um, whether that's creating new uh, digital experiences faster or creating new lines of business uh, from API products. Wow, I couldn't have asked you to end the show better than that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just, just, we'll just put an end right on that moment there. Wow. Um, thank you for coming in and sharing. This is this has been enlightening. I love your vision of of things. I love your view of the landscape. It's right at that. I think that that perfect level for this audience, especially reaching yeah. business and and technical stakeholders. So. I appreciate you coming by and sharing with me today. Hey, I had a great time today. This is a very uh, passionate topic for uh, me and, uh, you know, uh, and of course you. So it's great to share uh, some of the uh, things that I'm interested in and learn from you as well. So this is great. Thank you. Same here. I'm glad. Thanks for your time. And, and, and I've been looking forward to having this conversation with you. I appreciate you coming by. <laughs> Likewise, Ken. I'm sure we'll meet another time. I'm looking forward to that. Alrighty. Thank you. Bye. Thanks again to Sri for stopping by. You can find more about him on LinkedIn. You can subscribe to the Breaking Changes podcast at postman.com slash events slash breaking dash changes. I'm your host, Ken Lane. And until next time, cheers. Cheers.